You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. Detroit-born filmmaker Pam Sporn has come up with a really interesting way to tell the city's story. In her latest documentary, Detroit 48202, Sporn follows postal worker Wendell Watkins as he gathers oral histories of the people who've lived along his route in that zip code for years. The stories trace the history of African-Americans coming to Detroit during the Great Migration, stories of racial discrimination, the collapse of the audio industry, and more. The film airs Tuesday on the PBS World Channel at 8 p.m. Let's take a listen to a trailer. How many houses have you seen coming up? You get so used to stuff, you don't realize how much stuff is messed up until you walk with somebody that's not from around here. These corporations buy up places, so then they just board it up and hold it for speculation. Uh, it's like the fault of people who made decisions decades mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. The Sojourner Truth Homes were opened in 1942. We moved out to Sojourner Truth Project. Mm-hmm. She was one of the first we, we, group. We were the first group that ever moved in. The whites didn't want our color to live out yeah. there. This is the wall that used to demarcate where they're going to have the white neighborhood from the black neighborhood. Separate but not equal. That was a trailer for the film Detroit 48202, which is going to air on the PBS World Channel next Tuesday at 8 p.m. And joining us now to talk more about this film are Pam Sporn, who's the filmmaker and director of Detroit 48202. Pam, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. Good morning, everybody. Also with us is Wendell Watkins. He is the Detroit mail carrier who's featured in the film. Wendell, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, how are you? Yeah, all it's right. great to hear your voice. Uh, all right, oh, let's... By, by the way, I have a long history with WDT. Don Gagne walked around with me on my route back in the 90s. And, is that yeah. right? See, I oh, didn't yeah. know that. That is a really great, that's a really great connection to the station. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Pam, I want to start with you. How did you come up with the idea for this film? Well... I grew up and was shaped by the city of Detroit um, in the 60s and 70s and then went to college in New York City and stayed and made my career as a high school teacher in in the South Bronx and and Harlem. And I returned uh, to visit Detroit. My parents had left the city after retiring and, and then they passed on. I I visited Detroit, went to the Allied Media Conference in 2009, and I was um, just really floored and devastated by what I saw in riding around the the blocks that I lived on in Highland Park. Mm -hmm. And um, I kept in touch with Wendell. We go back to Cast Tech, 20-minute film turned into a six-and-a-half-year project. <laughs> it's a feature-length film and just felt like needed to 
do more than just a week and dig in deep. And that's what we did over the course of the time. Hmm. Uh, Wendell, uh, this is uh, stories that are generated along the mail route that uh, that you have. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if you learned things about the residents that you didn't know about them before, or are you the kind of mail carrier who really talks a lot to the folks along your route, and you already you already knew that you were going to get great stories. Y- y- yes and no. Yeah, I mean uh, a lot of stuff I knew, but of course, with, the more you talk with people, especially if you're sitting down just interviewing, you're gonna find out something new. So yeah, yeah, yeah. combination. I'm definitely one of those guys that talk to everybody. Else. <laughs> and no and <laughs> w- w- were there folks who were reluctant uh, to talk about their stories? Th- that that's funny. That's Hey, Pam, I think there's one guy, right, who <laughs> got really cagey. And, then, and everybody else was very open, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Wendell's connections and knowing the history and knowing the stories already really helped direct um, who, we, who we went to. Who you so talked to. The fact to. that he yeah. knew Miss Owens so well and knew that she had been a teenager when they moved into Sojourner mm-hmm. Truth Projects. That's what took the film in that direction. So mm-hmm. it was his knowing those folks um, that that made it so wonderful. Uh, you know, Pam, you, you told a really uh, compelling story about what brought you to wanting to tell the stories in this movie. I wonder, though, if you see more connection uh, through these stories between Detroit's past, which a lot of the residents talk about in the film, and, and the things that are going on now. Do, do, do you feel like some of what we're seeing is better explained or better understood through these stories from the past? I think the past is very, very important. And one of my favorite lines from the film is from Julia Putnam, the founding principal of the Bog School. And after um, talking about the internalized blame that people can feel when they live in really difficult situations mm-hmm. that they have not caused, um, she's talking about the, 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 the walking tour that we took with students from the Bog School on Wendell's um, um, t- um, route. And she said, doing these kinds of histories is healing work. It's not just history. It's healing to tell children this is not you. So I think that's so powerful, and the idea that we have to understand history informs what's going on now, and it points to kind of a fork in the road of what kinds of decisions will will we as a society, we as a city, make um, um, to um, um, build and rebuild a city that's for everybody. So I think that um, the stories of of uh, redlining and residential segregation. And it's not just the story of victimization, it's a story of resistance to those things and the changes that happened in the city because people pushed, you know, from the McGee case to um, being able to successfully move into the Sojourner Truth projects, which at one point the government wanted to make it the Sojourner Truth projects for all white For whites, yes. But but that wasn't, Mm -hmm. that didn't happen because of this massive mobilization. Um, And so I think understanding the history 
we understand what happened, that these things don't just happen, that all of a sudden everyone was employed in the auto industry, and then, oh, all of a sudden all the white people have left and the city fell apart. That's this is a very simplistic <laughs> way of looking at things. So to really to dig in, and that takes more time, it's more work, it's more messy, but I think ultimately that's what helps us understand what's happening today. Uh, Wendell, you've been a mail carrier in this in this zip code for a long time, we should try to give some some context f- for where this is. This is right in the center of the city. Uh, it includes mm-hmm. the north end. It includes some parts of of Midtown. I wonder if you can talk about things that you've seen change. This is a part of the city that has changed a lot in the last mm-hmm. 20 years. Uh, can you talk about mm-hmm. what that looks like from your route? Well, I remember for, uh, some time ago, back in the late 80s maybe, even, uh, the the change slowly but surely on my route, although it, it, there's certain block changes, but base, the basic route, the basic route I had, it went from having several apartments to one after another of them closing, being boarded up, mm. one after another, and held for speculation. And then some of them just left left to rot, you know. I, I saw one, the largest apartment in my route, which is uh, 59th Seward was uh, bought up by a consortium, and then they didn't pay the bill, and everybody had to get out. Then they boarded it up and they sold it to somebody else. Just wow. rootless, you know, land development scheme. They they care nothing about people in the neighborhood and, at all. And and now that uh, there's new attention and investment in in places like the North End and New Center, are you seeing people, the people along your route? feel more included in this or do they still feel like they're on the outside probably both but i would think probably more excluded oh let me explain something though um i don't uh work anymore i retired i've been retired for three years now okay and uh in fact the movie covers up covers at that point and uh example i use a 59 steward uh it looks like from, I'm way on the outside now looking in because I live in California now. So I moved out here with my family. But um, from the outside looking in, it looks like 59th Seward is an example of what's, what could happen on the positive side, uh, 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 apparently. Uh, it looks like it's uh, moving to the positive side, but for the most part, it's been very negative. Hmm. Uh, uh, that's because the, the 59th Seward, from my understanding, is, uh, you know, trying to, encourage the people that live there to, to keep to keep the rents down and make it uh, available for the people that used to live there. For the people who were there, sure. Yes. Uh, Pam, uh, y- as you said, you grew up here. Uh, did you learn things about the city that you didn't know by doing this work? Absolutely. You know, um, that wall on Burwood mm-hmm. that goes um, near 8 Mile, Wendell and I had a friend that lived on Griggs, very close mm-hmm. to there, and we used to go, we would be there for our little activist political meetings and hanging out. And I we had I had no idea that this mm-hmm. wall existed. It's not yeah. you know, I, I knew nothing about the history of the Sojourner Truth project. So, um uh, growing up we didn't um at least I didn't learn in school about these types of things. I was aware of the uh the legal revolutionary black workers and 
and the hero that people like General Baker were, because that's the time period we were growing up in. But um, mm-hmm. I learned I learned so so much. Um, I never knew about Ozzy and Sweet. Um, mm. I I just I learned so much doing doing this project, and so I'm I'm so thankful to all the people that I've learned from, um, and the, the current activists like the folks at the Bog Center, Tawana Petty, mm-hmm. uh, Marsha Music. Um, and I, I just want to thank all of the local um, participants in this that helped helped me understand and help build a story that I think is a Detroit story from the music by A. Spencer Bearfield that you heard in that trailer, um, voiceover work that's done by Bill Harris and Marsha Music, and Wendell's brother David has this wonderful deep voice. He did one of the voiceovers. <laughs> um, our, our former classmate, Phil Martin, who's a fellow radio guy, he did one of the voiceovers. And so it's just like really, um, I think it made it much, much richer project. Okay, Pam. Uh, can, can I add in there too? Yeah, we, I've got about 20 seconds left. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, then my best friend was born and raised in the Jersey Project. I learned a lot more about it during the movie, <laughs> than, you know, the history. <laughs> then, uh, the, yeah, okay. Pam Sporn, mm-hmm. filmmaker and director of 48202, and Wendell Watkins, former mail carrier from uh, the 48202. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. Thank you very yes. much. And again, that, uh, that documentary is going to air on PBS World at 8 p.m. on Tuesday. That's going to do it for me this week. I'll be back on Monday. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you next week.